You clearly see the problem. You have no idea what kind of solution would work. You humbly, it's above your pay grade. What do you do then, right? And I think that that's where this episode comes in handy. The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to the pantry. Man, it's Shay and Michelle. Today, look, we all know you guys have problems. And so today we're going to talk about it. Yes, today we are talking about problems of which the Bible kind of guarantees us there's going to be tons of problems. No way. Yeah. Like, the Bible does that? Yahweh. Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> Yahweh, the Bible way. As I think back always to, to my military time and I always think back to as I was a leader. And actually when I was being led, a lot of my sergeants would do the same thing. We would come with problems all the time, like, oh, my goodness, oh, this or that or the other thing or, oh, my goodness, like overwhelmed, overburdened, <laughs> over overthought, over everything. And, and it's like we were so caught up in the problem. And you know what they kept telling me over and over and over and over again? They just kept telling me, hey, look, don't just come with a problem, but come with solutions. Mm-hmm. Now they and they would reinforce that and say, OK, understandably maybe the solution you come with is bunk you know but don't just come and I think what they were trying to teach us from the very beginning when we have these problems is how to fit pieces together to come up with a solution Mm -hmm. and that's where puzzles come in and and you man you could talk on puzzles all day long I am not the puzzle like actual puzzle piece player I can't put those colors together those are literally called jigsaw puzzles (laughs) I know that when I say you want to work a puzzle he knows that I mean a jigsaw puzzle, but there, that's a specific type of puzzle. And I think that we realized when when we first started dating, you were like, bring, we got to bring a solution, not just a problem right. to the table. Like if we're like, cause we're both new in church and we notice things, you know, you can be nitpicky. We can be nitpicky. <laughs> and so you come in fresh off the streets of the world and you think you have some stuff that you could bring to the table in church and you think you have some solutions to or you think you you know they don't have it figured out in certain ways and you start complaining instead of bringing Ooh. solutions but what about those times that you clearly see the problem you have no idea what kind of solution would work. You humbly, it's above your pay grade. What do you do then, right? And I think that that's where this episode comes in handy because sometimes we don't realize what we're about to talk about is actually the initial solution you can bring to the forefront when you realize there is a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not here to fix everything. I think that's another key point to this yeah. is we just can't fix everything. Yeah. But I think when we start thinking of problems and and I think what they were ingraining in us is maybe we don't have a solution, but we're thinking towards something. Mm -hmm. See, key point, we're thinking towards something. See, Mm -hmm. when I'm falling to a problem or if I fall into that mentality of a problem, and when I say that, the negative mentality, where I start to go, oh man, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know. But where do we turn to? Now, see, in the world... I got to turn to something. Mm-hmm. So it was always my sergeant, <laughs> like my sergeant, a friend or whatever. But in the Christian sphere, right, we can turn into something far greater. And that's God. Yeah. And, and so God starts to will establish our steps. And when we put this problem in front of us now, it, it, it becomes less burdensome, less overwhelming, because now we have somewhere to put it. Now, that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean I have that solution right now. 
mm-hmm. but it means that I'm going to be working. I'm going to be putting this puzzle together and working towards the solution. Say it's finances. Mm-hmm. Say I have bad finances. Say say my you know I don't know how to control my money <laughs> at all, and like I've tried everything right okay well i know that our church just recently did a financial peace university Mm -hmm. and it opened up the doors to do financial talks and using god and the bible and everything else to bring in stewardship of our money Mm -hmm. so you we a piece of the puzzle right right it's a start it's a stepping did i completely get the answer and i'm like now making millions no but it is something and that's what we're talking about when we start talking about putting pieces of the puzzle together yeah because this is a mindset shift so here's the solution just plainly what are you talking about puzzles not problems i have a ton of problems so it's about what we think of and what comes to mind and what starts getting evoked in our emotions and in our mindsets and in our patterns when you use the word problem. When you see things coming your way and you see them as more problems, the way our society has set up problems is different than the way our society has set up puzzles. So when we use the word puzzle, often you seek out puzzles, right? right? You're literally willing to drop money for a puzzle if you're a fan of puzzles or it's a word puzzle that you can like work out in a newspaper normally that's what we think of when we think of puzzles but we think of them in a gamified sense we know that there is a solution to them that we're working toward and we're willing to sit there calmly and figure it out even if it takes a time investment So that's how we see puzzles. When we hear problems, instantly it's almost some of us get psyched out, some of us get overwhelmed, some of us start wanting to take it really into our own hands or just the idea that it's a problem, it instantly feels greater than we are. There's a lot of different ways people react to it when they see it as a problem. But if you don't really think you have a solution but you start looking at problems as puzzles, then you've already hit this mindset shift where now you can be calmer, you know there's a solution, and you're going to start taking steps that will take time to come towards that final end goal. And that's what, you know, in the word, he doesn't promise us a smooth ride, but he promises us that our ride will faithfully deliver us to our destination because he is the one guiding it. Now, that's as long as you're allowing him to guide it. Every time you take back all control, you're derailing almost, and now Mm -hmm. there's all this correction that an added time that has to come in. That's part of our walk as well. He's factored that in, but that's, that's what we mean by puzzles, not problems. It doesn't mean stop having problems, but it means start looking at your problems as puzzles because we have a a, a father in heaven who faithfully has a solution he's trying to walk us through to we can calm down and see it differently. I think of Joshua and Caleb. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, when you put percentages together, (laughs) 12 and two, (laughs) it's kind of a bad percentage of who believe though, like in the vision. Um, so visions, you know, we, we sit there and we talk about this all the time. I, in fact, I bring it up in our family. I bring it up in, in our home and I'm like, we need to have like, like goals and visions, goals and visions, goals and visions. And when we look at this, so no solution, like we, we, we maybe we don't know how to start this, but we know where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And see, when people look at vision, they're like, it's gotta be this grandiose. So did it, did it, did it, right. It's gotta be so good. How about this? I just want to be out of debt. Mm hmm. Um, maybe, okay, watch this. Maybe your debt's so great. You're like, well, you know what? I want to, this is my goal. This is my goal over the next couple months. I want to pay off $2,000 of my debt. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we got to have that goal, something to achieve. Well, Josh, Joshua and Caleb, they're, they're you know they're told to go in and spy out the promised land, mm-hmm. and they're and they're looking at the promised land. They're like, "Yo, man, oh, look at the big fruit! What? Look at those grapevines, man! Huge! I mean, they're 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 fired up. They're like, yeah, those Anak people, they're kind of big, and well, you know, hey, they're kind of strong, but they're like, but we can do this. Why? Because God mm-hmm. gave them a vision. Yes. But see, and they held on to this vision. Mm-hmm. They believed God's vision. This was their land. Mm-hmm. Now. 10 other people kind of threw that off balance and wrecked it for a lot of people. But they were like, no, no, no. And it went bad. Right. And I like what, what they said, though. Uh, Caleb said, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. N- another point. You can do it. Mm-hmm. This problem is not impossible because we don't have an impossible God. Right. Mm-hmm. If, in fact, he's a God of possibilities. What was the difference between Joshua and Caleb and everyone else? Everyone else came back super psyched out. We cannot do this. We cannot do this. Oh my gosh, they're huge. They're bigger than us. They were looking at it as a problem in a limited sphere of human, humanity, limitations, in in the doggy dog kind of evolutionary stance that we hear so often now where it's like the, the survival of the fittest, even if the fittest is just smarter, but it's the survival of the fittest, right? And... With God, that's not the case at all. Right. I guess it is because he is the fittest. He he going to survive and we're with him. So I guess you could spin it. But at the end of the day, the weakest person visually, if they have the Lord, is an instant winner. Right. right. So it goes against everything. And Caleb was and Joshua were the only ones that seemed to remember this. And that's huge when you in this mindset shift like how can you go from thinking this way to this way by remembering and believing in who God says he is and what he's done before this is why we hear in the word I think it's in numbers or Deuteronomy (laughs) or something um those I get those books so confused in my head like where what is in those but it talks about walking with your children and sharing those Mm. things that God has done so that they don't forget This is the stuff he's done, like, you know, parting the Red Sea and calming the storm and saving men in a fire. But it also is what he's done in your life. And so that's why we've we've talked about this, having a like a praise journal, like people say, have a prayer journal. Yes. But you could do one of two things. You could have two journals or you could like fold the page in half. So it's a split cell and you record your prayers and then you record your praises. They might not always align because he'll give you stuff you didn't ask for. That's good. But also you can keep track of how many things he's faithfully done. And prayer is what brings us the awareness Mm. that he's involved so that when the prayer gets answered, we see the correlation and know who to praise. It wasn't our own work. It wasn't our own skill. It was him. Um, now, that's, of course, if you're like giving him entry into, right. into that place. But when we look at, I, I thought this was interesting because I decided, okay, let's define the terms. What's the difference between a puzzle and a problem? Right. There's actually not a big difference. It's all in your mind what the difference is. But the definition of a problem is a question to be considered, solved, or answered. A situation, matter, or person that is hard to deal with or understand. And a personal matter that causes one difficulty or needs to be dealt with. So that's what a problem is. We can all agree. Um, there's no emotionalism in, in that, right? But it can cause a lot of stress. Then the definition of puzzle. Something such as a game, toy, or problem that requires ingenuity and often persistence in solving or assembling. So already in this definition, we're hearing some really good character traits that God actually encourages us to have. Per- persistence, right? Continuously. That's like faith. Continuously waiting and hoping on him. 
ingenuity, like knowing that, th- that you have a role in this and you're working on this and you're thinking, you know that there is an outcome. Um, it has to be solved or assembled, right? There's work involved. It's something that baffles or confuses. It's an enigma right. and it's the condition of being perplexed or bewildered. So they sound very similar because they are. So it's, but for some reason, you know, we have heard so much about problems. I got 99 problems, right? <laughs> you got 99 problems and they're all terrible and I don't know what to do and you know what, but when you start panicking, when you start freaking out, that's when those voices you, you didn't realize you invited in start coming in with all the wrong advice, all the wrong offers. Right. That's why you wanna see this upfront as something that, okay, Lord, how are we gonna handle this? What's what the solution is you, Lord. So how are we going to walk it out? What are the steps to assemble this solution? Now, why earlier I was talking about puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you call them you know, jigsaw puzzles. I guess that's proper term. But when I watch you guys put these jigsaw puzzles together or when I sit with you sometimes and mess with it, <laughs> it's, it's like everything has a place. There's this. It's like line items. Um, when we have a problem, why are we not sitting down? Right. And putting pieces of this puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we there are things we can search things. We can Google things. There, mm-hmm. There's so many resources at our hands. But the first place you start is is with a list. I, we used to call them task conditions and standards. But that's a good the task conditions and standards. You're like, what is my task? What is the condition? And, and then what is what is the standard I'm setting forth for this mission? OK, so I have this mission. I'm, I, why I keep going back to money? I wasn't even thinking money. Okay, I want to cook something. I, I guess I should be in the kitchen because <laughs> we're in the pantry. <laughs> no, I have this piece of chicken, you know, and I'm like, wow, I've never cooked chicken before. Okay. <laughs> the, and, biggest, right. <laughs> the biggest joke on the episode, but yeah. But, but, but you see what I'm saying? It does, but let's go back to money because I mean, that's where we're at. And, yeah. and so you're looking at money or you're looking at your finances or you're looking at your life or you're looking at your marriage or you're looking at raising your children or you're looking at, you know, hold on, I want to make a quiche and it keeps falling in the oven. How can I make my quiche not fall in the oven? Or, or a souffle. Souffles are the ones that fall in the oven. Yeah. Yes. Souffles are the ones that, well, quiche will fall too if you're not careful. It sinks yes, in. Yeah, some of them do yeah, sink. So you, Pies. You, you can fluff them up or pie or, and then, okay, so I have a problem. Well, okay, so what's my workaround? What what am I supposed to do? Why am I not taking down a list? I got my little iPad, iPhone, iPad pen here too. <laughs> I like taking lists. But uh, why, you know, put it on paper. Yeah. Sometimes it's good. Okay, I, I just took over as a supervisor for the army, right? And, and, and maintenance shop. I have to have things in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, so for me, like some people can do this in their head. Some pe- however you do it. Like put it together. That's so part I, of your conditions. Right. What right. are my limitations and strengths? Right. Yes, absolutely. So my task, okay, I need to improve my finances. Okay, I, I am this much in debt. I need to come out of debt. Okay, so up on my whiteboard, I start to write out the things that I do. Mm-hmm. What am I spending money on? What am I not spending money on? What do I what do I need to spend money on? What don't I need to spend money on? Mm-hmm. And you start breaking these lists down. Now my problem is, is now, no, it, it's, What's cool about the brain is now I'm working towards something. Now, mm-hmm. it can be a little overwhelming, but you fight through that. Right. You're like, oh, because up front it's like, oh. but you start simple and you start mm-hmm. working and you start moving and you take these and you start bringing them together. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever these things are. Right. Because yeah. th- th- this could go in so many directions mm-hmm. in people's lives. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you but your goal and your vision is here. My mission is here. Right. And so then conditions and standards, okay? And what am I gonna hold myself standard? Accountable to. Standards are holding yourself accountable. <laughs> it's like, okay, 
I cannot break this standard. Now, you're not perfect. You're imperfect. This is what's going to happen. But when we're putting this puzzle together, these pieces together to get us to our goal and to our vision, well, you have to, you have to hold yourself accountable to something. And that's the word of God. You know, we look in the Bible and we see in Acts chapter six and seven, where you see Stephen become a deacon. Well, there was a problem. <laughs> and you know, there's like, well, the widows don't feel like they're being taken care of. And, da, da, da. and that could have been an overwhelming problem. Mm-hmm. onto the disciples mm-hmm. who are like, hold on, we need to be, you know, tearing the word of God apart and, and, and teaching the word of God. We don't have time for this. We, and, and so what did they do? They said, okay, you know what? I'm going to put in deacons in place and this is what my deacons are going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, then the vision starts to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's people struggle between it's all God or it's all me. Mm. And what I have been figuring out because of the Lord, just by the Lord working in my life is that it's, it's this, it's this both, right? (laughs) Because yes, he saved me and it was him. Now we're in a collaborative relationship where Mm. I can bring him glory and I can bring him praise and I can do things that please him because of the Holy spirit in me with my consent, because I still have free will. And so there's layer after layer. Like you can say one thing and then you can add another layer. Layer. It's like this very, it can be mind boggling a little bit, but right. what I've realized is I'm allowed to try to step out in faith and try something with the understanding that he could close the door or, or leave it open hmm. or he could open a window, right? And I don't need to count that as defeat, but I took a step in faith that aligned with my understanding of the word and then he will work in that and that's why I'm not a robot but I'm still following him and the trust so it's kind of like he's he has provided the car and the GPS but I'm in the driver's seat so I'm doing these mechanical functions that require my own judgment sometimes to slow the car down when to speed it up when to make that turn when there's a car coming when to say no the car's too close all of this stuff using internal judgment based on the wisdom I've acquired over all these years but also, where am I going and how am I getting there? It's the map with his directions mm. on it I'm following, and it's only because of the car he's given me that I can go, right? right? And so I think that that is the kind of way that it, it currently sits in my head. So the task standards and conditions, you can write it all out because that is the you driving the car. Right. Right. You're making sure the mirrors, you're not going to just say, Jesus is my guide. I don't need to address, like address the side. View Jesus mirrors. The wheel. I don't need to mess with the rear view mirror. <laughs> I don't need to see that. Let me drive with my eyes closed because Jesus. No, 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 no. That's oh, like he has given you some responsibility right. so you can write something down or sort it out or, or blow it up or sit down with a trust friend and share and help and like like brainstorm together. But then you also can expect God to tweak it update it to reflect traffic conditions and road closures and, you know, redirect where things need to go and provide provision that maybe that is in your weaknesses or in your conditions. I got no money and I got 20 K in debt. So under conditions, I ain't got no money. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, well, maybe he's going to provide a financial blessing or a burden that costs you extra money is going to go away, which allows you to open up and free up some provision you've already been given. He's going to open doors that aren't expected, just like they couldn't write in their conditions, well, the Red Sea going just part, but he did it. However, having a plan up front, counting the cost before you build, 
makes sense. Right. And if there's an un, like an unexpected blessing of provision that the Lord brings mm. that speeds up your timeline or cu- like cuts down how much your plan has to involve. Well, then praise God. Right. All God using me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's yeah. I, I let me hold on. There, there is a verse. Hold on. Let me be your uh, tool. Your, your, it's like something like your tool uh, or your. Um, but we're a part. We're an extension. Yeah. You know, it's all God. I, my focus is 100 percent on God. My mm-hmm. trust in God. Watch this. My belief. What do we need in our pantry in this? Belief, belief that we can be carried through this, belief that we can overcome this, belief that we can get through this. I remember, oh man, I came out uh, so pretty bad in debt. Let's we'll just leave it right there. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it right there. And and honestly, that those moments in time, and 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 maybe you know my amount of money isn't somebody else's amount of money, but it, trust me, it was more than a thousand, <laughs> even more than ten thousand. We could just keep going, but I was sitting there so overwhelmed with this problem, and I wasn't thinking. And now there's probably a bunch of financial people out there be like, oh, "You did what?" But hey, you know what? It freed me up and it got me out of debt. But I I I remember the feelings, and I remember like just this weight and like this impossibility like I'll never be able to work this off it is just never gonna work itself mm-hmm. off and I think years went by and I mean I, I, I did marry Michelle and she knew about it and okay look be open about your problems look mm-hmm. never hide your problems make sure your problems are out there then there's a lot of prayer on your problems uh, I mean I didn't tell the whole world but I mean at least my wife knew mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so as I'm sitting there one day and and I really feel like the Holy Spirit did this I really do so I don't care if you are a financial guru and you're like oh. but I've been pouring into a 401k mm-hmm. um, for for decades mm-hmm. for decades and I never knew you could take a loan out so you can take a loan out on your four on our 401k mm-hmm. and you pay the interest that you're paying back actually goes right back to your account now I'm not saying this is the best option but I needed a zeroing point and I, and I never thought of it. And then and one, you're paying yourself, right. Back. And you're paying yourself back. So all the money is going back into your account. The percent that you like, the percentage they charge you is going back into your account. So basically you loaned yourself money. Now, some people might sit there and say, why did you tear into your, 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 your 401k? And okay, well, I, I get that, but sometimes it's so overwhelming, but I, I really feel like that was laying on my heart. And what do we do? I talked to you about it and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to pull this trigger. But let me tell you the relief, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have this bill anymore. Like I was paying like five to six hundred a month, five to six hundred a month going nowhere. Mm-hmm. The debt was going nowhere. I was just paying money. And I'm like, but see, I stopped for a minute. Instead of being so overwhelmed in the problem, I started thinking about like how and I started writing things down. I really did. I started really and I call her up and I go, I can do this and we can get out of this and then we won't have this problem no more. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's been, you know, you're freer. Right. And then you look, I learned something about money and responsibilities and credit cards that I didn't know up front. when I was younger, you know, by the time you figure it all out, half time you're already sunk. But but there's ways that you can get out of this. And there's even ways that even if you don't have a 401k that you can tap into, that you can start working towards paying off the, the debt. So and he provided that because he will provide knowledge right. that, you know, you can't quote out of the word, but it's knowledge that he sends you that literally alleviates the issue. And I think one of the big things with that was your desire to want to help out the church and ministries more. Mm. 
and you wanted you felt convicted about our giving you felt convicted about the stewardship of your household so because this problem was impacting things the lord said you need to have in order right your heart was aligned with him to get rid of this problem and so then he put it, i remember like you were pr- we were praying about oh, it and then it. all of a sudden this realization that you wouldn't be in debt to anyone but yourself came onto the table and so now you were transferring the debt from someone else to yourself and you were only in debt to yourself paying yourself back which we've already completed praise god but also there's faith in that because what if you lose your job now they want it all immediately well faith that the lord's going if this is what the lord wants first lord make it clear make it plain make it possible interrupt it and make it impossible if you don't want it and then also we're going to trust you that he's going to keep his job until we at least pay this off. Right. And that's like a like a physical tangible thing cuz money, right? Although now it's all digital and you can't touch most of it anyway, but still that's like a physical tangible physical world thing. For me recently it was how Shay brought up my irritability, so easily irritated by so many different things. And long story short cuz I feel like that could be its own episode, but I was sitting in the car convicted, but instead of avoiding it like I had been, like Shay had been kind of just paying this money, but not wanting to really look at the problem and figure it out because of the, the guilt, the shame, the frustration, the hopelessness. Me too, like this was something, it was like my own spiritual debt, it felt like. Like I can't fix my irritation and I've asked God to just take it away and he hasn't. And so in that moment, I let the conviction sit instead of just saying, well, I've asked him to take away. It hasn't. And I must be still on my, you know, sanctification path to get there. Like instead, I just sat and I ate that cookie of conviction Mm. and I let it sit. And I asked the Lord, like, Lord, I need you. You know, my task condition standard, my task is to not be sinning anymore in this irritation that's causing so many problems. My conditions are I can't do it by myself. I know this is a deep rooted issue. I know you are my only hope. My standard of success is like having a next step is my standard by which I'm going to measure success. And I trust you to give me that next step. I need a next step. I don't want the easy way out since that seems not to be your desire for me. But give me something. I need a next step. And in that moment, it, it wasn't this like, like choir and harp revelation. It was literally like, I'm going to Google it and I'm not just going to Google irritation and then look at the world's opinions on how, how about irritability. I'm going to look up Christ. I think I wrote like Bible Christian thoughts on irritability or something. Right. (laughs) And I found this article that literally spelled out that, that chronic irritation has everything to do with selfishness. And it spelled it out and it revealed to me the roots. Like before I was like, I don't know where this giant tree's roots are to start digging and attacking it. I know I can chop it down, but it's still there. It'll grow back. I don't know where the roots are. Suddenly I could see the roots. I saw the root, this root of selfishness. Mm. Now I know what to go after. Now I know what to rebuke and to attack and what verses to read and what to not tolerate in myself, what to get an accountability partner for and what to call out when it's happening. That's what he does. Right. When you see it as a puzzle, my irritation is a puzzle, not a problem that's bigger than me. Right. It's a puzzle on the table, and God's going to help me work it out. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah. So when we, when we look at this and we recap on this episode, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we look at problems versus puzzles, similarities, mm-hmm. but in one sense, when we mentally think of a problem, we're not thinking like we're thinking not necessarily of the solution right away, but then you can transition. The puzzle is something that can be put together, especially mm-hmm. when it I'm thinking the jigs- yeah, yeah, multiple pieces. I'm thinking on the jigsaw level here. Yeah. So, I think so it's like, it's like, look, I'm not a good puzzle player, but let's just break this. I'm not I, like puzzles. I, but I could put it together. Yes. It, it might take me longer than it takes this one who can do them things upside down and not even see the colors. But I haven't anyways. tried doing that in a while <laughs> to be but, real. But, but a puzzle was designed to be put back together. God has, is his design is to put us back together. Mm-hmm. So if you think of it in, in a sense that, Hey, God wants to, reestablish me, uh, reconcile me, right? He's already reconciled spiritually and all this. Now he wants to reconcile our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we look at that puzzles versus uh, problems. We want to look at it more like a puzzle, move it together. We want to believe. We want to believe that he's there. We also want to look at ways to break these down. So in that belief, God is first. That's why I'm trying to put God up there first. God is always first. And then we can look at task conditions and standards as we brought up today. Uh, maybe you think of it this way, but I'm telling you task condition and standard army they're, they might do some things that we don't always agree with, but they're not dumb. <laughs> and they really build things they that are easy come up with to some follow. Stuff. So, Taz, get your task conditions and standards together. Make sure that you write them down. Get them, you know, labeled down. And look, don't be overwhelmed when you start moving towards it up front. It, sometimes it seems impossible, but we have a God of the impossible mm-hmm. who makes things possible. So just move forward in that and get it done. Yeah. So the, so the big thing, what do you need more of in your pantry when it comes to problems? Yeah. And it comes down to you need more belief because belief right. creates the faith right. or builds on the faith. And I wanted to read, um, it says, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. Verse 58. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. So even though we are believers and we have a belief in him, is there an area about who he is that you don't really believe in? And that's the area that you're struggling in your problem and you think it's all up to you. But really, like you said, it's about dialing it back and realizing who he is, what he says he is. So a deeper understanding of who he is, put more of that in your heart and you will remember to see them as puzzles, not problems. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all, go to thepantrypodcast.com and download the seven-day free devotional, Jesus Not Junk Food, so that you can kind of work through this mentality of relying on him more and more than the junk. And you can support us on patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time, bye. bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.